Hey, hey everyone, Amanda here. Uh, thank you for tuning in to Five Tips to Get You Organized in 2017. This is actually the recording of the teleseminar that Carla Aston and I, uh, interior designer Carla Aston and I did in January. Um, I don't normally come on here and do an intro for the teleseminars. I usually just throw them up onto iTunes. Uh, but I went ahead and put this quick little recording in front of it because we did have, Carla had a lot of technical difficulties um, on this call and we had some feedback and some issues and I've tried to cut out what I could so it's not quite so annoying, um, but the first 15 minutes or so are a little bit rough. So I just want to apologize, but stick with it. Bear with us. Um, the information is incredible and you should be able to walk away with some really tangible tips. So here we go. Thanks, everyone. All right, everyone. Sorry for the little bit of a delay there. Um, <laughs> I'm a little under the weather, so you're going to have to bear with me a little bit here. Um, so today, uh, Carla Aston and I, this is Amanda Gates. Um, the call today, we actually haven't had one for a couple of months. We took the uh, holidays off. But today's call is five easy tips to get organized in 2017. Um, Carla and I both uh, have some great tips that we're going to share with you today. Carla, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi. I'm Carla Aston. I'm in the Woodlands, Texas, which is down by Houston. So. Um, I do a lot of remodeling work and uh, remodeling design and um, work with um, clients to do a lot of kitchens and baths and things like that. So we're always looking for ways to get more organized in the kitchen and bathroom and with cabinetry and storage. So that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today. Yeah, and I think that's actually a really good point. Uh, Carl and I are, are just returning from Cabis, which is um, – the industry-leading kitchen and bath show for, I would say, probably the number one show in the country. Um, and actually, I was quite surprised. Organization was um, a pretty big trend um, at Cabis. A lot of the, the kitchen and closet and pantry and all of the things that we were seeing, um, they had some really great uh, – like wire shelving and, and cool ways to um, organize yourself. So I'll be curious to see, you know, some of your tips today if you're going to include some of those things. So a little bit of housekeeping. Um, today, uh, Carl and I will, will be talking about um, organization and some of our best tips to help you guys get organized. And um, we will take questions at the end of the call. Um, I'm going to... And Carla, I don't know if you heard me earlier. I'm going to put it into listen-only mode until we get to the end of the call just so that we don't have any interruption. Um, and since you did not put in the host pin, you may get muted. So you may need to call back in and do that host pin. Okay. <laughs> so that we can talk. But um, yeah. if you want to do that now, I'll go ahead and finish up the housekeeping. Okay. Um, so... Uh, we're going to uh, share some of our tips. We're also going to talk a little bit about what we saw at KBIS, uh, which, again, was a lot of the organization. Um, but I am going to put the call into listen-only mode um, until the end of the call. And then what you can do is I will start a Q&A session, and all you've got to do is hit star six to unmute yourself. If you have any questions, send those in at the end of the call. We'll be happy to answer those. 
you can also, uh, if you don't feel comfortable coming on the call, you can also email us. Um, you can just uh, shoot me an email. The call that we're going to do today is about um, organization and why it's important. Um, it's interesting that uh, usually January is when everybody starts to um, kind of look around and, and, you know, I think one of the big trends for the new year or the, the, the resolutions a lot of times are with organization and, of course, getting fit. But today we're going to talk about uh, organization and what that looks like. Um, it's interesting because I have um, a book coming out and I actually talk about, um, not so much about organization in the book, but what I do talk about is what clutter does to us from a feng shui standpoint and how it affects us. And um, what we're going to share today is just what um, a few things I've got five tips, and, and Carla has five tips, but we're going to share with you a couple of things that I feel are manageable for you to implement immediately and kind of get the ball rolling so that you can get more organized and, and feel like, you know, you can breathe. I feel like if we have a lot of clutter around us, it kind of slows our energy down. It, it We just get unmotivated. We don't feel very inspired. And so starting to get that clutter under control and getting more organized really makes us feel a lot better, which I, I think is quite beneficial to um, our health and our well-being and having a space that really rejuvenates us rather than depletes us. Our clutter can really zap us, um, and having piles of stuff everywhere can really wipe us out. Carla, are you back on yet? Okay. Carla, can you hear me now? I'm sorry, you guys. We're having technical difficulties. I'm not sure what's going on. For some reason, she can't get her phone number to work. I'm here. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I've got – I had to unmute it, so we're going to get a lot of background noise. Is the host thing just not working, or is it not asking you for it? It's not asking me for it. Okay. Well, if everybody can just try to be as quiet as possible, because it's going to pick up on the recording. Um, so I was just talking a little bit about um, – organization and, and why it's important. Um, Carla, why do you think uh, organization is important? I think that interior designers have a very unique view on organization and just clutter control. Um, what are some of yours? Okay, I don't know what's going on with um, hers. I thought that she'd be able to unmute herself. Um, but what I, I think is interesting is, is that um, when I look at clutter, I often look at it from a feng shui standpoint. And so a lot of the, the organization books that are out there, they will often have um, kind of a black and white look to how organization is and how that looks. And um, what a lot of people don't realize is that we are all based on an elemental makeup. We, we, there's basically five different elements in feng shui. And based on what your element is, you're going to approach clutter in a much different way. And so a lot of the clutter books that are out there are actually written by a metal element. Uh, metals tend to be extremely organized. Um, they really go at clutter in a very methodical and beautiful way. And like that um, book that came out by Marie Kondo, uh, The Magic of Tidying Up, I think that's what it was called. But everybody... Um, you know, there were a lot of people that really resonated with that book, and then there were a lot of people that really didn't resonate with it because it didn't make a lot of sense to them. And 
especially if you're an earth element. An earth element really likes to um, hang on to things, and they really like to have things for everybody. So what I mean by that is, is they're going to be the ones that has the pantry with tons and tons of different teas, and they're going to be the ones that have you know, all kinds of different soups and all kinds of different options. Um, they may have tons of different kinds of soaps and um, toiletries and things like that because what they want to do is they really want to nurture and they want to approach um, life in a nurturing way and take care of others. And so you have to be very delicate when you're talking about clutter because what is clutter to one person may not be clutter to another person. If you uh, take Marie Kondo's book, for example, and tell an earth element to pile up all of their books in the living room and tell them to go through them and um, get rid of them, well, that's going to be really hard for them, and they're not going to understand that. That's not going to equate in, in the way that they think because to them, those books could be very valuable. That could be something that they can offer to a guest when they come um, to stay in their home to read or, you know, soaps, teas, whatever. So... Um, whenever I look at clutter, my instructor often says that clutter should be celebrated. Um, I don't think that I would go that far because I think some people can get really out of control with their things. But I do think that um, everybody is a little bit different in the way that they go at clutter. And so today what um, Carla is going to talk about is she's got um, more organizational tips from a remodeling and new build uh, perspective as far as uh, built-ins with cabinetry and uh, her approach because that's her strength is, is uh, remodeling and, and redoing kitchens and baths and things like that. And then mine are going to be a little bit more generalized from that feng shui standpoint. Um, Carla, are you back on the line yet? I'm here. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Great. Yes. Okay. I think we finally have this figured out. So, yeah. what are uh, what are a couple of your tips from the um, perspective of um, you know your strength, which you were talking about earlier with cabinetry and, and remodeling and, and uh, new builds? What are some uh, things that you approach when it comes to clutter control? Well, one thing that. Um, a lot of people, when you when you talk about like home offices and um, organizing your workspace, is uh, cord management is kind of an issue. And um, as we all know, you know that we can these days we can just get a sea of cords laying on the floor, and it's just so annoying. And it picks up dust bunnies, and you know pets get caught in it, and it's just a mess. And then you have a bunch of cords down there half the time that you don't even need. So um, one of the things we try to do is just try to get them up off the floor and, and managed in a, in, a, in a nice, tidy way. And I think that just helps so much in um, people's, you know, it, it just makes the space seem cleaner and tidier and makes, you feel, makes the space feel fresher. But one thing we do is um, if you have equipment on your desktop, on your desk and on your, with your printer or computer or whatever is... Um, if you have a desktop computer, we do a grommet in the countertop and then have the wires go down through underneath the countertop. And then uh, we usually install like a little wood shelf all the way across for the wires to travel along and then put the um, other equipment like a printer or whatever inside a cabinet. And all that is kind of 
basically out of the way and not visible. And then if the cords that you do need to have out, which are like charger cords and things like that, are not so cluttered in with everything else. But wire management apparently last year on Pinterest was like one of the most Googled <laughs> um, search terms. So people are looking for solutions for that. So um, we, you know, the more electronics that we get, the more wires come into our home. And they're just kind of unsettling and trashy looking. <laughs> and I think trying to get those managed in some way is real helpful for people. Yeah, and I think it's a really good point because wires, um, one, wires often have an EMF to them, so they affect our health. And mm -hmm. having a ton of wires um, is really depleting, it, you know, especially the, the glob that you have behind your television or like you're saying the glob that you have underneath your desk. I mean, you just see that and it zaps your energy. You're just like, oh, that's such a mess. And, and so mm -hmm. especially when it comes to your office, when you're going in there to do work and to be productive, you know, that's not inspiring to see all that mess. So I think that's a great tip to try to get that as organized as possible and eliminate anything and everything you don't need. Yeah, exactly. First eliminate and then wire in what you absolutely have to have. Yeah, and... and um, on the note of, of focusing on the office, um, one of my tips is to make it a quarterly habit to go through your office and, you know, especially if you work from home, a lot of times what happens is you get just piles and piles of, of paperwork kind of everywhere and thrown everywhere. So I always say to make it a quarterly habit to go through all the stacks of paperwork, go through all your folders, and most importantly, go through your digital folders. Um, we tend to collect a lot of stuff on our computers because, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And so we end up creating all of these um, digital folders that, you know, it may be for a one-use thing. Like, you know, one of the examples I have is, is last year when I did the blog tour with uh, High Point, you know, I had tons and tons of different photos from um, the four days that I was there. And so I had all of those photos. And I don't really need them anymore. I've already completed the blog post that I needed to do for that, and I, I don't really need those photos anymore because I'm now doing other projects. So things like that, you know, a lot of times people will leave that stuff on their computer for years, and you don't need that. So make it a habit mm -hmm. to go through your digital products as well and get rid of the photos, get rid of the um, emails, get rid of all the stuff that you don't need and are not using on a, on a weekly basis. Right. All right. What's another one of your tips that you have? Well, um, one of the things that we saw in, um, at KBiz was, of course, Revashelf, which is a great manufacturer of organizational um, you know, shelving and everything for your kitchen and bathroom and, and just about anywhere that has cabinets. Uh, they make beautiful pullouts and all kinds of organizational devices to just organize your kitchen and everything to the nth degree. So I saw some, one of the best places I think to put a pullout in your kitchen, like if you have basic cabinets, if you have a basic um, kitchen, builder kitchen or whatever, you're not going to have any kind of neat divided storage or special features, you know. So one of the best places to have a pullout is under the kitchen sink because it's deep under there. Um, it's hard; things get lost under there. So I think installing one there is probably one of the best investments that you can make. And Revashelf makes a beautiful, you know, wire pullout, and um, there's lots of different sizes. You can size it to fit your 
your opening down there. But I think that's a great way just to keep everything organized and, and keep it clean and tidy, and um, it just keeps you from getting things lost. And one, one thing that you can do is if you have two cabinet doors down there under the sink and there is a center style is, again, go back to that other tip that I gave earlier about cutting that style and then attaching it to one of the cabinet doors so when it's closed, it still looks the same. But then when it's open, the whole thing opens up. Then you can put a big um, uh, pullout underneath there and pull it out all the way and everything is accessible rather than having two separate ones you know it just makes it easier to get to and more organized yeah I and uh, I was trying to think of uh, you know I'm not exactly I don't have my wits about me right now because of all the uh, drugs and stuff but there is another Mm -hmm. line that is also great um for both kitchen and bath, it's the plugs that go down into the counter. I've used them a hundred times, and I'm blanking out on their their name. Um, but it's a great way in your kitchen, your bath, to um, contain your cords, um, and it puts an outlet in the counter itself. And right, it pops actually, up. Yes, the pop I've up used one. them a hundred yeah. times, and I can't. Yeah, I've used I, one I'm, in a in a big island before too. Um, and but I actually just ordered just some a couple up, of weeks ago. Pop-up outlet, and it, it will come up. Yeah. Pop-up. Let me see if I can find it I'll immediately. Yeah, it house is coming up of all things. Um, Mocket, that's the, the company. It's M-O-C-K-E-T-T. So if you're remodeling, um, Mocket produces these really great plugs that you can put down in the counter of either your bathroom, laundry room, uh, kitchen, but it's a great way to have cord management, uh, you know, especially if you're going to use um, Revishelf, which is incredible. They have just incredible um, organization systems that go inside your cabinets. It just kind of uh, cleans everything up, and it's a great tip to um, – add those plugs in as well because it gives you additional plugs but they go away so you don't see them which is really nice um and i just have to say and and going back to kitchen i always say to use the 80 20 rule you know so many people that i you know when i'm doing their kitchens they often have so much stuff and they often have you know an appliance for everything um, most of the appliances, the small appliances, I should say, not the big appliances, but, you know, they have random appliances that do one task, and they may use it once a year. Um, they have tons of, like, plastic cups and, and plastic containers and old Tupperware, and, and it just all of those little things that really junk up a kitchen space and, and don't make it pretty. It's, it doesn't make the experience in your kitchen good. So I always suggest that, you know, when it comes to your kitchen, it's, it's kind of a, a massive task, especially when we were talking about elemental makeup, like as far as, um, you know, how everybody's going to approach it. But one of the best things that you can do is just go through all of your kitchen cabinets and see where your duplicates are, see what the things are that you don't need, and get rid of it. Just really simplify and think about what you use on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And if you have something that you barely ever use or use once a year, you know, really consider how important that piece is and if it's relevant to stay in your kitchen and take up, you know, uh, valuable square footage 
you know, not all of us have large kitchens and we don't all have a ton of space. So if we can really um, evaluate what we're keeping in there and what we use, like one of my biggest pet peeves is, is plastic cups. I can't and David is like notorious. Every place we go, whether it's like Buffalo Wild Wings or, you know, uh, Zoe's Kitchen or someplace, they're always like, well, you can upgrade and, and get, you know, a bigger tea in the plastic cup that you get to take home. And he's like, yes, I want to do that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. want the, the stupid plastic cups with all of the stupid stuff. And they're all random. None of them match. I know. No, they look terrible. One thing, one good way to make yourself get rid of that stuff is to remodel your kitchen. <laughs> when you remodel, you don't want to put any of that stuff back in your brand new kitchen. <laughs> right. Well, when you, I mean, when you get freshly painted new cabinets, it's like, oh, I don't want to put that ugly thing back up in there, that cheap, ugly plastic cup. So it helps you yeah. go through all your stuff. Well, I just end up throwing it away because, or donating it because I don't, you know, I, I don't have a brand new freshly remodeled kitchen, but like I just, you know, I like things to coordinate and I like things to be very beautiful and I like the experience to be beautiful. And, you know, he's just a boy and doesn't get it. So yeah. <laughs> I just right. need him off of it. But I right. definitely um, think, and the other thing is with multiples, I see a lot of people have multiples, you know, to I have one gal who had three blenders, and I'm like, how often do you use a blender? And she's like, I don't know, maybe once a year. And I'm like, you have three of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So just really evaluate what you have in there. And, and I would say that that is true also for your bathrooms, you know, especially with women. We tend to have a lot of toiletries and, and things that we don't use. And, um, you know, just really make it a point. The first time is always, I would say, the hardest. When you go through a space for the first time, it can be very overwhelming and um, it can be hard to get rid of things, and, and it, can, it can be hard to get things organized. But if you do it that one time and then maintain it at least once a year, you'll find it's quite easy to um, keep it up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What's another one of your tips, Carla? <clears throat> well, one thing that I like to do when we do remodels, and again, this is like where I go in and we're trying to just modify the cabinets a little bit to make things more organized and more tidy and neat and give the homeowner a, a feeling like they have a new kitchen, you know, when we leave. And one of the things we like to do is to hide that garbage and the garbage can and um, put it inside the cabinet uh, as opposed to sitting out somewhere. So, um, and you can do that very easily with, um, you know, some of these new devices that people are coming out with, like Revashelf. They have a beautiful stainless trash can and, and drawer that will fit into, into your existing cabinets. And But the way, um, everybody wants a big trash can, you know. So um, sometimes if you, if you have the cabinet that is, uh, you have a drawer on top and then you have the, like a regular door below, it's kind of hard to, you know, fit a big trash can in there. So what you'd have to do is kind of the same thing that I was uh, talking about earlier with cutting that center style out that's on the face frame of the cabinet. You cut the style between the drawer and the uh, door below, and then you basically sort of build that all back up and back it with a board, and then it becomes a big full-height drawer that you can put a trash can into. You can, you know, you have to modify the base, but it, it can be modified to fit under there, and that's kind of what we do when we, um, you know, getting that trash out of the way, it just gives a kitchen a whole new look, 
and um, makes it feel more custom, and um, it does a lot for your psyche not to see the trash can. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I've just got mine underneath the kitchen sink, but it is nice to, you know, not have it out and, and to see it. But it, there's definitely something to be said to have it behind uh, closed doors. Yeah, behind it, in a drawer, I mean, in a cabinet somewhere. Um, because even under the kitchen sink, you can't get a big, tall ca- uh, can in there. But if you take a whole compartment where it goes, you know, um, up to 36 inches, you know, with a typical cabinet height, you can get a full height trash can in there. And it, it holds more. It's just uh, a little more convenient sometimes. You can place it not exactly at the sink, but maybe off to the side. And, you know, it's, um, it, it's kind of a good investment to do a bigger trash can like that. Yeah, you'll definitely use it. Um, Going to the closet, one of the best tips that I have is if, it, if most of you have been following along with um, just kind of the, the trends that I've been talking about with fast fashion and clothing, one of the best things that you can do with your closet is to pare down uh, your clothes by turning your clothes, the hangers, backwards so that you can see what it is that you're using on a consistent basis and anything that you're not using, whether that be for six months or a year, to donate it. It's a great way to purge the things that you have in your closet and to pare down. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've actually got a really great um, podcast that I did with Courtney Carver of the 333 Project. Um, I think we did it back in November. Um, You can find that on iTunes. But she talks about taking um, her entire closet and putting it into another room. And she only pulled out uh, 33 pieces and um, put those in her day-to-day closet. And she said that it completely changed her life because um, she was diagnosed with um, MS. I believe it was MS. And she needed to simplify her life. And so that was one of the first things that she did was actually when she started to declutter and simplify her life, the the first area that she started on was her closet. And she said being able to walk into her closet in the morning with the majority of it completely free and open and clear with nothing in it and just a few hanging things, she said it absolutely changed her life. And so I tried it. I I don't have 33. I actually have 100, but that includes shoes and and, um, uh, scarves and things like that. But... um, I have to say it's, it's really a refreshing feeling to walk into your closet and to have it pared down into such a simple manner. Um, and it's a great way to start your day because you don't start your day like completely exasperated and overwhelmed. What I have found is that a lot of people will have tons and tons of clothes and their closets are stuffed to the max. And they'll always say, oh, I have nothing to wear. And in actuality, it's that they, you know, they just don't like the majority of what's in their, their closets. So um, I would encourage all of you to try it. Pare down some things. If you have the ability or have another space to put your clothes in, um, it'll be a kind of eye-opening to see uh, what you go into the other room and grab and what you tend to leave behind. Um, and just being able to experience simplicity first thing in the morning by paring down your closet. I think that um, you'll be surprised at how it makes you feel. Um, And I think that uh, another thing I should point out is that a lot of people, especially women, they'll they'll say, oh, well, you know, 
What if people notice that I'm wearing the same things? Well, Courtney was working at a marketing firm, a very high, uh, large, um, fast-paced place in New York, and she pared down to the 33, and she was there for a year while she was doing this project, and not one person noticed that she was wearing the same things over and over again. So I found that to be very, very interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. We often think that people are paying attention, but they're not. (laughs) No, I know. They pay attention when I I think when it's something really um, unique and very colorful or something, you know, when it's a real – but basic black and white and other other more neutral things, no one notices that. You know, those are base pieces that can go with anything and and work uh, to just give you a lot of versatility, I think. Yeah, and I think a lot of, um, you'll notice that um, Mark Zuckerberg, um, uh, I'm blanking out on the jobs, Steve Jobs, um, you'll notice that a lot of the high-producing quote-unquote geniuses do that a lot too. Tim Ferriss does it. Um, They do it because um, their lives are so busy and they have so much going on. They don't have time to be dealing with, you know, what to wear. They need to be able to walk into their closet, grab something to wear, and go on to the next thing. So there's a reason why um, there's this movement of minimalism when it comes to fashion and also just bucking um, against fast fashion and what it's doing to the planet. So there's that whole thing, but... Um, there's something well, definitely thought, to be said. I thought one of the interesting things I read about capsule wardrobe thing was that a lot of creative people are kind of opting in for that because if they're if they're having a if they're working in a creative business, like it seems like all your creativity and your focus like seems to get sucked in there, and like taking it then to clothing and everything else that you do is is kind of is it's kind of overwhelming. It's like even though you're a creative person. You know, not every single aspect in your life has to be creative, you know. It can, you can focus in and put all your energy into one or two things that, that your work or your, you know, what you're most interested in. And then the other thing can really kind of be more uniform and more, and it, you don't have to be creative about every single thing, you know. So, yeah, um, that's a really good point. It's like I've read that a lot of creative people are just opting for more simple, um, you know, black and white or whatever, and then using their creativity, storing that and using that in their work. Anyway. Mm, that's a really great idea. Well, one thing that um, I think is uh, it's, it's probably a much larger picture, in ter- a larger project in terms of what to do, but one thing that designers always do when we start a project is we kind of develop a program for the project. And that can be, you know, when you're talking about organizing your closet or organizing kitchen storage or anything. You know, basically we take an inventory first. And, um, you know, we, when, whenever we attack a new project like a home and that people are downsizing or whatever, we go in and we photograph all the furniture, we take measurements, you know, because people want to figure out, well, do I want to keep that or, or um, you know, get rid of it or sell it or whatever. And, um, you know, it really kind of helps to kind of get it all in a in a Excel document and get it on a spreadsheet. And you can really pretty easily, if it's there with a picture and a dimension, and, you know, it's really easy to evaluate sometimes in an inventory list. I really want to keep that or, oh, I just don't want that in my life anymore, you know. And um, 
it's just uh, sometimes taking that time to do an inventory is kind of a whether no matter if it's your closet or whatever, um, it makes it easier to then go in and organize and to start that kind of um, culling process, you know, when you have everything down and you've just basically sort of remembered everything that you have, you know? Yeah, well, and I think we've gotten to a point to where we have too much. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're just drowning in our stuff at this point, um, which is another one of my tips uh, is for the bedroom is to do the same thing, just completely paring down and getting rid of um, three-quarters of what you have. I see this so much with clients, and I'm sure you do too, Carla, is that people have made their bedrooms into like complete dumping grounds where they've got, you know, piles and piles of work and magazines and clothes thrown everywhere and electronic devices and cords and, oh, my gosh, they're, you know, they've made their, their bedrooms just a complete hot mess. Um, so it goes back to, you know, the closet, paring down on your clothing, um, any drawers that you have in your bedroom. I did like from Marie Kondo's um, tips to roll up your clothing because it's easier to see it uh, with any of the drawers that you have, reverse your hangers. Um, but get rid of all of the electronics in your bedroom. Get rid of all of the magazines and paper. Um, and if you are trying to get pregnant and you're struggling with infertility, um, look underneath your bed. I see a lot of people that have a lot of stuff that is under their bed, and it's not a place of storage. You want energy to, to flow easily underneath your bed. And if you've got a bunch of stuff down there, you're going to struggle with that. So get rid of a lot of the stuff in your bedroom so that you can truly rest and rejuvenate at night and, and get a good night's sleep, especially if you struggle with insomnia. You know, start paying attention to how you're treating your bedroom and what it looks like and how much clutter is in it. Hmm. <clears throat> Didn't know that. Yeah, I, I see anywhere near people just that, but <laughs> they just beat up their bedrooms and then they wonder why they can't sleep. Well, I'm, I'm guilty of that, I have to say, because the bedroom is kind of a place that not many people will go in, so you want to keep the rest of your house neat and tidy, so you throw stuff in the bedroom. Yeah, not me. me. <laughs> <laughs> what, else, what other tips do you have? Well, um, again, going back to, like, kitchen storage and um, how to sort of modify your kitchen to get more um, storage and usefulness out of it, um, one of the things that I do some on with a lot of different kitchen remodels, again, just going back to try to tweak things a little bit to the cabinetry so that, you know, it doesn't require full gut remodel or whatever and to use what you've got um, is that cabinet above the refrigerator, which tends to be uh, tiny and unuseful. And many times if, you, if you've got a builder house and, you know, standard cabinets, chances are it's 12 inches deep, not as deep as your fridge. And it's usually pretty small, and the doors are really tiny. So putting stuff up there is just, once you put something up there, it's usually never gotten into again. So that, I feel like that's always like one of the first things I want to tear out of someone's house. But the nice <laughs> thing about, about box cabinets and about cabinets that are pre-made that you get is that you can remove one cabinet without having to remove all of them. And... Um, you know, the uh, the moldings that are attached to cabinetry are just put on with finish nails, which are basically like little tacks. You know, they're pretty easy to pry off. So many times when I do a remodel we, and we're doing a partial remodel, 
we will do things like a new refrigerator cabinet or something and we'll just remove that little cabinet above the refrigerator. We take off the moldings first and we keep them to put them back on to cut them and put them back onto the existing cabinet. But um, we take that little cabinet. They're, they're not usually attached to each other. The cabinets are not. They're just attached to the back wall with screws. So once you unscrew that, you basically can just take the cabinet right off the wall. And then you've got that open space. And then many times I've designed, you know, different types of cabinets to go up there to that actually are, is you know, maybe open shelving or some kind of cabinet that is just bigger, taller, more useful, deeper, so that it comes more um, out to the front of the refrigerator. You can get to it easier and it just makes that space so much more useful. So um, that's one area that I usually try to attack in a remodel. And if, you're, if you've got existing box cabinets, then that's an easy thing to, to do. It's not yeah, that it makes difficult. it look more custom, too. Mm-hmm. Like I've done in one, in one particular uh, project, instead of building a whole fridge cabinet, you know, that houses the whole refrigerator, we just did a, an open shelf type unit that was about, oh, 16 inches deep. It wasn't um, as shallow as 12, but it didn't come all the way out to the front. But um, it, it, it was slightly shy of the edge of the, of the refrigerator, so it was slightly smaller. But um, the homeowner had a lot of um, um, beautiful ceramics that she liked to display, but she really didn't have a place to put them. So we basically painted that and kind of made it a special little open shelf area. And it was tall. We made it taller. We went up to the ceiling. And so that kind of became her little display place up there. But she didn't have to get into that every day, you know, being up there. It was just something she wanted for display. So they fit up nicely there, and it, it really made so much more sense than a dinky little cabinet that she never got into anyway. And, you know, you end up putting stuff in front of those cabinets um, so you really can't get into them. So I'm, I'm always about kind of trying to maximize the storage in your kitchen and try to modify things just a little bit to kind of, you know, bring it all into a more organized, useful space. I love that. I think that's a great idea. Um, my last tip is, again, it's another feng shui tip, is to focus on your entryway. Um, I've talked about it before, um, not only on the podcast, and I think I've mentioned it here when we did um, how to decorate your front door, but the front door is one of the um, key places in your home as far as um, being the mouth of chi and, and inviting in all of the good opportunities and good energy into your life. And so um, it's a space that you really want to keep clutter-free and as organized as possible. Um, this isn't a, a space that you want to have a lot of um, shoes and a lot of clutters, clutter like outside the door. Um, so make sure that your light bulbs are um, working, all of the clutter along the pathway, any dead plants, um, shoes that are just inside of the door, bags, backpacks, things like that. You want to try to keep that as organized as, as possible and um, actually, uh, cabinetry is a great thing just inside your door if you've got um, the room uh, or some type of a closet that you can place those type of things in, you know, try to make it as organized as possible. But you really want to keep that area as clean as possible, um, keep the steps clear, um, no dead plants, so remove anything like that, replace all your light bulbs, get rid of lots of shoes, um, make sure that you wipe down your door and, and keep your door clean. 
Um, get rid of all of the cobwebs and just make it as inviting as you possibly can. Um, there's not a lot of, um, I guess what I'm sharing is our tips, but there's no like hardcore organizing tips other than um, just really making sure that it's, it's approachable, it looks pretty, it looks clean and organized, um, and whatever that looks like for you. Every um, entry to a home is a little bit different, but active clutter is okay. Um, and active clutter is, is your day-to-day -day stuff, but you know, passive clutter is the stuff that really sits there for days and days and days. And you, you know, like my next-door neighbor had um, planters out on her front porch for oh my gosh, like six months, and they were dead as doornails. And I kept telling her, I was like, you need to get those plants off your um, off your uh, porch because that is clutter. And she kept looking at me like I was crazy. And, and I noticed that she finally took them down. But that would be considered passive clutter. So make sure that you take care of your, the front of your home and um, keep that clean and organized and, and take care of it since that's where all new opportunities come in. Sounds good. And Carla, do you have one more tip? I can't remember how many we've done. I think I've, got, I've done about five. But... Um, I don't, I, again, I, I kind of approach this more with um, cabinetry and remodeling in mind and just doing a few little remodeling things that could really make a big difference in how you live in your space. Um, but uh, I'll be kind of composing all these in a blog post or whatever that's, that I can, um, that basically has photos because I think a lot of my um, tips were a photograph would probably help explain it a little bit more, what I was talking about. Yeah, and I'll do a blog post as well. It'll probably be after this week just because I've got to get the KBIS stuff up, but um, I think yeah. that's a great idea to help give some, some visuals. So be sure to check out both of our blogs to see that. Um, so before I open up the call to questions, um, we are coming up on an hour here, but I just wanted to um, ask you, Carla, in your opinion, what are – What's the best way for somebody to start getting organized? I know that this is a question that I get a lot um, from people because they find it quite overwhelming or, or not easy to do. But in your opinion, what's what's a great way to get started and stay motivated? Well, I mean, it, for for I mean, obviously, start small. I think is and and make it in manageable tasks. So. I mean, going in and do a grand inventory of your whole house is a great way, but who's going to take the time to really do that? Just start in one little space or another. Start in one cabinet or one section of a closet or something and kind of start there and just, um, you know, take it in bite-sized pieces. I think at one countertop, like I have a little um, landing station and by, by my garage, and I was just thinking the other day, okay, I need to just swipe everything off and start over and put only things back that I really have to have because I've noticed that we've been piling papers and little chargers and things there, so uh, odd keys and things like that. So I need to, to take a moment and uh, declutter that space. And I think it would, you know, I love to put my bag down there and all, and um, when I walk in the door and it bugs me to put it on top of stuff, you know, so it'll make me feel better when I come home. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think that, you know, just the Marie Kondo way does not work for a lot of people. To attack, you know, an entire category all at once can be quite overwhelming, um, especially mm -hmm. for those here in the States. We have much larger homes. We have a lot more stuff than they do in Japan. 
Um, so you can get overwhelmed quite easily, and then what happens is that you get kind of paralyzed and then you don't move forward. So I think that um, going at it in small tasks is the best way to do it. And I would take it a step further and, you know, whether you go room by room, like maybe you start with kitchen and then you go to the laundry room, however you want to do it, the best thing that you can do is actually write it down on flashcards and put all the flashcards together, you know, keep a rubber band around them, and then, you know, take an entire month for that category. That way it gives you plenty of time to do it, um, but you pull it out of that stack that you have, and then for that month, that's what you focus on. So it gives you plenty of time to do it, and then you stay motivated, and then it kind of helps you to get excited because then you go to your next flashcard, and then I feel like that helps you keep more uh, motivated and and keeps you kind of inspired because you look forward to, ooh, what's on the next flashcard? Um, will help you over the course of a year to actually get things done. Right. Yeah, that's kind of, I mean, that's a real trend I think now is to, you know, even in physical planners as opposed to everything online, you know, writing things down and and planning a year, your year, and taking things in bite-sized pieces month by month and week by week instead of, you know, attacking tasks as big giant projects so right um, or we've got so many things to do and we're so overwhelmed so i i think small tiny tiny approachable tasks are the way to do it mm-hmm. um all right i am going to open up the line here real quick and just see if anybody has any specific questions okay so if anybody has any questions all you have to do is hit star six and you will um, come on live. Is there anybody here? Let me try this again. So again, just hit star six to unmute yourself. Um, Okay, is anybody there? I always feel like I do this wrong. All right, well, I do have a couple of questions that were sent in. And again, if you are not comfortable with sending in or doing your questions live, you can always email them to us ahead of time. Um, I gave my email out uh, earlier, but in the future you can always do info at gatesinteriordesign.com if you want to send those in ahead of time. Um, Or again, you can hit star six to unmute yourself to ask your question. But um, Marilyn asked, how do I work around all my kids' stuff. I declutter all the time, but they have so much stuff. I'm not sure how to handle it all. Carla, I think built-ins would be great for something like this. Yeah. Well, I had a a client recently that uh, basically did the Elsa system for her son's toys, and um, they basically took kind of a whole wall of of a study and kind of made it into his playroom, but oh boy, that is, everything got organized then and all his little cars in one you know slide out thing and and um you know legos and other the other ones and it it all got pretty well organized so i mean i the nice thing about the alpha system is it slides all the way those baskets can slide all the way out and they can carry them around you know so um it's not like built-in storage that you have to pull a basket then out of it and the cabinet is is still open or whatever and or it's in a drawer that you have to lift things out of like that but this is it's pretty easy to use and um you know it's really well made for kids toys and things like that and that's available at the container store right 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 
But yeah, also, Elsa's you know, E-L. I, yeah, I love baskets too. Instead of um, like plastic bins, um, just because I know plastic bins are nice and easy to clean and all that, but baskets kind of you can leave those out and they look nice and and yet the toys are still accessible so it's kind of nice to have like different size baskets or something all clustered in a corner and it doesn't look quite so um cluttered and things can be corralled there pretty easily and tossed in yeah um and again alpha is e-l-f-a and it's available at the container store um casey wrote, and I'm always fearful of getting rid of things. What if I'm going to need it? This is a funny question to me because earlier I was talking about um, an earth element from a feng shui standpoint, and that is such a earth element trait of not wanting to get rid of something because the what if I need it is, you know, what if somebody comes to visit me and I'm, I, you know, I don't have that thing to give to them or to offer them. So, um I wouldn't be fearful of getting rid of things if it's something that you don't use on a regular basis or um, something that is really cluttering up your um, space. It's taking it valuable uh, square footage that could be used for something that you love um, and something that you would use all the time. So try to just really get clear about um, how often you use that item and if you really do need it. I once had a gal who had tons and tons of boxes, like flattened out boxes in her garage, and she had them out there for, I think it, I want to say 12 years, 15 years, and she kept thinking, but what if I need it? And I'm thinking, my Lord, after 15 years, if you have not used them, you are not going to. <laughs> yeah. So don't allow your space to get cluttered and bogged down with the what if question. If you have not used it in a year, you probably are not going to and won't need it. And if you do, you can always get it at a later time. We are in um, a great era where everything is available to us. So um, if you do need boxes or whatever the item is, you can always find it um, in the future instead of you know using up half your garage for boxes or um, other items that you have throughout your house. Yeah. Do you have anything to say true. about that, Carla? Well, uh, it's making me motivated to go clean out everything now, <laughs> talking about all this. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to practice what we preach here. <laughs> um, and then I just have one more question that was sent in from Kathy. I find it very hard to start and stay motivated. I waste a lot of time looking for things, and then I get frustrated. But organization does not come easily to me. In fact, I often think, why bother? How can someone like me who isn't motivated – get there and stay there. I think that that's what we were talking about earlier with, um, I like the flashcard idea, but I think that, um, you know, just starting really small. And I feel like if you start small, like maybe it's just your pantry or just your laundry room, assuming your laundry room is small. But if you start with a small area when you can experience a space that is organized, the trash is gone, all the extras are gone, um, I feel like it becomes a more delightful experience and you enjoy the space more. And that, to me, motivates me to want to do other spaces in my house. What do you think, Carla? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we are at an hour. Um, If you do, I'm going to just put it out there one more time. If you have any questions um, and want Carla and I to answer them, you can hit star six to unmute yourself. Um, 
and we'll be happy to answer that. If not, we're going to wrap up the call here um, on organization. Um, I do hope that um, both of us had five tips that we brought to the table, and I hope that um, they were useful to you and you were able to pull at least one really good or helpful tip out of those. Um, like we said earlier, we will put together uh, a blog post. Um, mine will probably be next week just because I have a lot of CAVA stuff that I've got to get done, but I'll be happy to uh, do kind of a wrap-up with some visuals and do those five tips, and Carla will do hers. And then we'll link to each other, so um, that way you can um, find the, the post. But I think that this is a great way to start off the year. Wouldn't you agree, Carla? Yes, definitely. That sort of helps get you uh, motivated to do some, attack some pro new projects and things that you've, you know, got in your house that are bugging you. I would say yeah, and it, start with the place that bugs you the most. Yeah, start with the place that bugs you the most, and then work work away from that. So work down. Mm. All right. Well, it looks like we don't have any questions. So I want to thank everyone for joining Carla and I today on the call. Um, you can find Carla at CarlaAston.com, and you can find me at GatesInteriorDesign.com. Um, don't forget to join us on our um, free call next month. We've got our um, top reds. For, um, I'm going to focus on um, red from a feng shui standpoint, but we're going to talk about our top five reds that we love uh, using in projects and how we use them. And we've actually got, I'm hoping that um, Anne said that she was going to have time to call in. So if we can, we will have a guest on that has um, actually painted the back of her bookshelves in a red, and it looks fantastic. So we're going to share that with you as well, Anne Lubner. Um, yeah. I think it was Ann. Was it Ann Lubner? Right. I think it was. Uh -huh. um, so we'll be, we'll be sharing that with you as well. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, thank you for uh, listening to us about organization. And if you do have any questions and, and didn't want to ask them on the call today, just be sure to email one of us, and we'll be happy to answer those. Thank you, everyone. And have a happy new year. Happy, happy new year. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.